I think if you learn from the past, there's a good chance the future will be different. It's just so great to see such a passionate fan base here in Vancouver. They've been waiting a long time for this. Your support is what's going to make winning a Stanley Cup in this city so special. And I got a feeling it's going to happen very soon. Hello everyone, welcome to our fifth episode of Canucks Cast. Today we're going to be talking about the first four playoff games the Canucks had, and we're previewing Game 5 that's happening tonight, and we'll also be talking about the other playoff series that's happening around, and talk about whether or not the Canucks can climb back in the series. All that and more on this episode of Canucks Cast, and you can find us on iTunes and on our website at www.canucksblogcast.wordpress.com. So Trevor, what do you think of Game 1? the Canucks played at Rogers Arena. You know what? Last time on the podcast, we talked about how the Canucks, they can't be holding on to one nothing leads, and that's exactly what they did. They were up one nothing after two periods, and they held on a little too long, and they, they just laid an egg in the third period, and that's a game the Canucks should have won, and for, for whatever reason, the media and the fans were, were not very worried at all, but you know what? I sure was. Well, I, I said at the beginning of the series that the Canucks can't go into the third period with a one nothing lead because Calgary will come back. Yep, third, best third score, period team. They will score at least the goal in the third period, which means that you have to at least score one. Yeah. I, put, I said that at the beginning of the series, and that's exactly how it played out. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, but I think the biggest story is how Bob Hartley is absolutely out coaching Willie Desjardins in this series. You know, Willie Desjardins is going to roll all four lines equally, but he's a little too stubborn at times, and it's really showing through in this first round. Yep, and uh, he's... Uh, and, and it's his first year, and the goal this year was to make the playoffs. The goal was to make the playoffs this year, which they did. Yep. So, um, they've already accomplished that. <clears throat> so, I... Yeah, I guess uh, we'll we'll see what happens tonight. I think Miller being there, I think is going to help in a lot of different ways. A, um, their their forecheck, Miller will be able to by himself neutralize the forecheck. They won't have a forecheck the way they have in the, the first four games. Yeah, the the red mound got to Eddie Lack on Tuesday Ooh. for sure, and you know Ryan Miller, he isn't a hundred percent, but he's playing on pure adrenaline right now, and he was he was excellent in the third period. Well, and it's not only that, but Miller, Miller knows how to play the puck, and Lack can't. Yep. And uh, uh, Miller can make those stretch passes. Like, oh, wait, wait, when he sees flame players coming in to forecheck, he can shoot that puck around and catch those flames players. Yeah, no. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of odd-numbered rushes for the Canucks tonight. Yeah, and I'm just glad Lyndon Vay is out of the lineup tonight. You know, Willie Desjardins has in the lineup last Tuesday, and same with Brendan McMillan. It doesn't mean you have to play both of them almost 10 minutes a game. It's ridiculous. I, 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 I have a theory on why Brandon McMillan was in there, and it made sense at the time. It didn't work, but it made sense. You have Alex Burrows and Brad Richardson out, which are your two best penalty killers. You have Sven Barchi, yes, but he's not a penalty killer. Yeah. They so Brandon McMillan yeah. is a penalty killer. Yep. They needed to bring somebody in to take, and it didn't work clearly because they scored two power play goals. 
I did. I thought Lack. That was probably one of Lack's worst games I've ever seen him play. Like his uh, save percentage was five seventy one. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna, you ain't gonna Sven, win that way. Yeah, if you're gonna play Sven Barchi, he has to be in the top six. And it looks like tonight he'll be on the second line, centered by Nick Benino alongside Radim Verbata. Yeah, and I'm yeah. So, and I'm, I thought Verbata would have played with the Twins. What are they putting Hanson back there again? Yeah, it looks like they're putting Hanson back there, oh, which, okay. which makes absolutely no sense, but. No, I thought Barchich would have played on the second line with Benino and Hagen, put Verbata on the first line, and then leave that handsome Horvat Cannons line alone. I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, Hans on the second line, on the first line with the Sedins, does not work. We've seen it multiple times throughout throughout previous seasons, and it does not work. I think it should have been Verbata with that's the Twins. That's how okay. So, sorry to cut you off. That's how Hansen actually got his contract. Got the big contract he got. Was from, because when it, when they went into arbitration, his agent, because AD played him for about a, three weeks to a month when Burroughs was injured, played him on the first line. So his agent went into the, into the arbitration and said, my guy's a first line player. He played on the first line. That's why he got the contract he got. Yeah. Also, Brad Richardson right now listed as a game time decision. Yeah, I know. I saw that too. He'll play. He better. Yeah. He, he needs surgery. There's a few oh, yeah. enough plates for surgery. But like, there's no excuses. Everyone's injured. The Flames are without their captain and also Lance Boma as well. There's, there's no excuses. Yeah. But if Lance Boma was playing, Perlin wouldn't be. Perlin yeah, that, that's been a good point. That, that's a good point, but speaking about Furlan, though, is Bieksa actually serious when he says, oh, this guy's pretty irrelevant to me? Looks like... It, he's just playing head games. Bieksa, yeah. this isn't his first rodeo. Yeah. He, know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, but... And Bieksa, like, I love the guy, but he looks like he was playing on one leg last game in Game 4. He was. Didn't you see him limping off the ice? You know what? It, it was tough to see. And some guy on the radio was like, it's equivalent to seeing your best friend getting beat up in a fight and you just can't do anything about it. But Bieksa is that type of player that will play injured. He, he, like he said uh, last year, he will go down with the ship. That's why I, I don't understand why he's not the captain. When when they when they took the, the C off of Luongo and gave it, it should have went on him. I said I said it should the captain should have been Burroughs or uh, Kevin Bieksa. I, I thought it should have been Bieksa or Kessler, but I, I guess Kessler wasn't the most the best guy in the locker but, room. It turns I, I, out he wasn't like in the locker room. We didn't. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Yeah, but if I had to say on this, I would have to say that they made a good decision on. Henrik Sedin being a captain, I mean, he's been a leader throughout, throughout, the, throughout, throughout the season and since he's been since the Canucks handed him the C. I mean, he's been it's a, a, a leader. You know what? I, I tweeted after the game: the Canucks are never going to win a Stanley Cup with Henrik Sedin as their captain. And today, he says, when asked about whether he plans to make an emotional pregame speech to his teammates, he says, "You want me to cry?" You know what? I sort of do. You want? I sort of do want you to cry. You need to be more emotional up there. 
Well, and, and you also know, too, that in the history of teams winning the Stanley Cup, only once has a team that has won the Stanley Cup had a captain that was a Swedish player. Only once. In the history of the league. Yeah. And that was Nick Lidstrom. Who's Nick Lidstrom? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, but still, I have to agree with Trevor. I mean, I don't think we're going to win... A, 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 a Stanley Cup with Henrik Sedin as our captain. I mean, he's not a playoff performer. I no, mean, but you just you just finished saying that that you thought it was a, a very good choice for him to be captain. Yeah, I said that, but yeah, but a good choice. But I I'm also saying that he's not a playoff performer. I mean, he just disappears in the playoffs. I mean, there are other there's lots of top players in the league that. That get on in the playoffs. I mean, Perry and Getzlaff get on. Kessler gets on in the playoffs. Henrik Sedin is not one of those players that turns his game up and goes on a point streak in the playoffs and and sets up big goals or anything and well, becomes a clutch player at all. In this series, I'm going to have to disagree with you because in this series, the Sedins almost every single shift in all four games that they've been out there, they have been completely dominant. Like, the Calgary has no answer for them. They've they held time possession the for net. sure. They haven't yeah. put the puck in the net because Hiller's been amazing, but they have uh, been dominant. Yeah, and Daniel is leading the series in shots with 15, but this is a pathetic stat. Right now, Chris Russell is leading the series in points. The Sedins combined have only four. Th- yeah. There's no excuse, though. They need to finish. You gotta, you gotta remember too that uh, in the playoffs, um, your number one guns almost always get shut down. It's your depth players that come through in the playoffs. That's the way it's been for years and years and years and years and years and years. Yeah, it, it has been like that. But who the Canucks? Uh, who on the Canucks depth chart can step up and become a playoff performer? Benino, Horvat, Fabada. Higgins. That has never been a playoff performer, ever. Benino, Benino has been horrid, but I'm not surprised at all. But to argue Benino's your point, to argue your point Sean, though, to argue your point, Corey Perry's leading the NHL no, in play, I know, I, there is right an exception. Oh, I, I, I was going to say that. There is some exceptions. And Corey Perry's, but as the, as the playoffs will go on, you'll see um, Perry and Getzlaff get completely shut down for a whole series. As the playoffs go on, maybe not yeah. next series. And Anaheim has a guy like a Jakob Silverberg. Bo yeah. Horvat needs to. Well, Bo Horvat isn't playing the same amount of minutes. I don't. I don't know. Well, what I would. What I would really do is uh, to give it a try. You got nothing to lose. Is switch Horvat and Benino. Now I know that's going to take away from your fourth line because Benino's not that hard of a worker, but it might boost your second line. So it's kind of a catch-22, which way do you want to go? Higgins hasn't caught a break this postseason. It's Our depth players aren't stepping up. Dorsett's been just flying. Dorsett, yeah, but playoff pedigree. I mean, last last year, just we expected it from Dorsett. Yeah. Oh, yeah, D- Dorsett was in the finals last year. He, know, he, he knows what, what's going on here. Yeah. Richardson, too, when he's played, and he's played on... He's got uh, uh, torn ligaments in his ankle. Like, he's got a really, really, really bad ankle, and he's still playing. 
And he's still more effective than Benino. Yeah. Because he's been there. He's won the cup. He knows what it takes. Yeah, but Dorset has also been in this situation before. When he went to the finals with the, with the Rangers, they were down 3-1 to one against Pittsburgh and managed to cl- climb back in the series and win. So Dorset's been in this 3-1 de- deficit before, so he has experience. Yep. Yeah, no, coming back in 3-1, it's completely possible. You know, in 94, we did it. In 2003, the, in, yeah, in 2003, we came back from down 3-1 against St. Louis. Then we had a 3-1 lead on Minnesota in the second round, and we, we choked. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to talk about that series. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I also have another comment to make. Benino did play with Jonas Hiller when he played with the Ducks, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and he's been terrific. Yeah, but my point is, because Benino has played with with Hiller, doesn't Benino know Hiller's weak points and know what he, you know how to score on him? Because I don't... Has, in the in, in the in the game, that has absolutely yeah. nothing to do with it. If anything, the goalie has the upper hand on you. It's like if baseball. It's like baseball. A, so go, go ahead. ahead. A go pitcher ahead. knows well, his former teammate more than the the batter knows the former pitcher. Yeah. Because the pitcher's watching you every game. And not not only that, but. In order for Benino to uh, uh, to like know his weaknesses, and he probably does, but that would make when you're out there and you're going like 20 miles an hour, that means you would have to think, where am I going to place this shot? You don't have time to think. You're not thinking about you're that thinking. at all. You can't think. You don't have time. So like that, that I, I've heard that from a lot of different people, and that makes absolutely zero sense to me. Well, so much for that edge. Because our only our only hope is that Hiller gets vertigo again. Yeah. But well, when he hit his head the other night. Yeah. The only problem, the only problem that I, I can see happening is uh, if they put Ramo in. If yeah, they put Ramo yeah. in, that's gonna really screw up the Canucks. Yeah, but. In what, in what way, though? Because uh, Hiller catches with his left hand, right? And you noticed in game one that the Canucks were adjusting to that, and they came through in game two. Now they've been um, going against the uh, goalie with a glove hand on a, uh, with a uh, left hand. Oh, he, he's left-handed? Bramble? Yeah. Oh, No, yeah, wow. Hiller. Bramble, oh. right. So yeah, if they yeah, go yeah. and they switch and they switch it up, then the Canucks are going to have to adjust all over again. Yeah, but then again, a goal, Tenno standing on his head in the playoffs. When have, where have we heard that before? Let me remind you, the 2012 playoffs. The Canucks couldn't score against Quick in the 2012 playoffs, and it looks like we're getting a repeat of that as the Canucks are getting a goaltender standing on his head for the Flames, and the Canucks are getting a similar repeat performance of an L.A. Kings type. I want Kings to quick type of fonts because the Canucks can't score on Hiller like they couldn't score on Quick. And sometimes goalies get hot in the playoffs. That's just like the Tim Thomas look, in 2011. Look at, look at uh, 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 Mrazek for uh, Detroit. And I picked Detroit to win that series. I think I'm the only one. Yeah, you are. And I regret <laughs> picking Tampa. My God. Mike Babcock. I told you. I said you, uh, I, I, I just can't count him out in the playoffs. John Cooper is getting schooled. Yeah. 
and he's really frustrated at the end of the game. They're getting 30, 40 shots on goal and can't beat this goalie that's never played in the playoffs before. Yeah, and, the same and like the other night, everybody was talking about how, oh, Black didn't have a chance in any of those goals and that. But Hiller and Miller made the made the saves. The, like those deflections that happened right in front of Black that he didn't save, Hiller and Miller made the exact same saves later on that game. Right in front of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's only been a hell of like performance for the for the Flames and and if they kind of lose this series it'll be a, it'll be the third straight time that they've been knocked out in the first round and, uh, and they and it's been a long time since they had played in the second round they haven't won a playoff round since 2011 and the playoff record in the last 15 is 2 and 13 not not looking good at all but well, it, it could be it could be the the players like like we'll find out tonight early if the Canucks are gonna try to win this game, or if they basically just checked out. Yeah, and, and the know. crowd, the crowd tonight, better not be sitting on their hands. I mean, it was actually very good in Game One, Game Two, but the Red Mile was fantastic. We're not gonna match Calgary's crowd, but we better be better. And that's what I was saying to Alex before, like, like, because he was saying the crowd was really loud when he went to Games One and Two. But not compared to other really, cities. It was really loud, I guess, compared to a, a junior team. It was loud compared to 2013, what we had in 2013. Yeah, but... Yeah. Like, look at Calgary, a smaller city, Winnipeg, they're, uh, they're rocking. And everybody's like, yeah, Winnipeg hasn't seen the playoffs in, 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 uh, in uh, 19 years. When they were in the playoffs before, and they were still having bad seasons, they sold out every single game, and they were always... Just rocking in the playoffs, always. How about that Winnipeg series, though? What the hell happened? The Jets hold a lead in each of the third first three games coming into the third period, and they blow it. I, I, the Jets could easily. Oh my God! I can't the Jets, believe the, the Jets were in the lead before yep. game, game four. They were in the lead for all of eleven minutes in that series. They held the lead for almost the entire time in that series. Yeah, the, the, the Ducks did what the Flames did. The Canucks came back and won. I mean, I mean, the, the Ducks are basically playing like a flame, basically playing like the Flames, always coming back and winning. Yeah, and their top players have been up to par. Getzlaff, Perry, and Ryan Kessler last night going beast mode. Also, shout out to Freddie Anderson, who's standing on his head right now. And the Canucks just haven't matched that intensity. No, I still think though that Calgary has not played well in this series. Yes, they're no, up. they didn't. What? They haven't. Well, you is... look, you look at you look at, at the box scores and that they barely yeah. get any shots on goal. I know it, it's, and that's what's really alarming for us. Like, come on, yeah. how are we down three one in this series? Yeah, and but they do block a lot of shots on defense. Oh, a lot of shots. They 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 block more shots than any team in the league. Yep. Like, shot thread last game, 28-22 in favor of Vancouver. It should have been, like, 45-22. to 22. I think they said they blocked 19 shots that game or something. Yeah, it's a shot-blocking team. Vancouver tried out last season, but it didn't work for them. But it seems to be working for Calgary. Why is that? Because they have players that are willing to sacrifice their careers to do it, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's really what they're doing. When you're going and stepping in front of a shot that's going 
100 kilometers an hour at you, you're, you're putting your career on the line by doing it. Yeah, and also, Bob Hartley is playing his top players big minutes, and way more minutes than the Canucks are willing to play their top players. And they tried doing that last season, last season as well. Bob Hartley is basically doing what John Tortorella did all the last season, but it didn't work at all, but it seems to be working for the Flames. Yeah. Going into Game 4, the Sedins were only averaging 15 minutes per game, and Trevor Linden had to go out of his way to tell Willie Desjardins, you better play him more minutes. And they played 20 that night. Yep. Yeah, so I think Bob Hartley is coaching like a John Tortorella t- team that that the Canucks played last season, and they seem to be losing to that when it absolutely failed for them last season. His coaching style gets under the skin of opponents, and we've fallen for it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you heard about Dave Babbitt uh, 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 today on the radio talking about Berlin. I he, was on 10, he was on 1040 earlier, and he said, the way to deal with Berlin is when you see him running around like that, just wait until he's not looking and just run right through him. He'll be in a lot of pain and he'll think twice about doing it next time. And that's what this Canucks should do. They should attempt to almost murder the Flames on the ice while holding a lead and not being too out of control. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I think they're going to come out shot, uh, uh, come out tonight shot out of a cannon. They better mm-hmm. be. or like they, they can't be flat. They can't be average. They have to be just... They have to all be playing like lightning rods tonight. Yeah. Yeah, because it would be really disappointing to see him knocked out in five games like like what happened in 2012. I mean, this this all seems like, like 2012 all over again. A goalie standing on his head, Canucks can't score. And I read this on, on Twitter. The Canucks have scored eight goals in the in the previous eight in the previous playoff series. I can't But that's not all there. That's not that's not all their fault, like They've got goalies that are that that are are standing on their head, and it's not just the Canucks. Like when the Kings did that, the Kings didn't just do that to the Canucks; they did that to every team. Like when they won when they won the cup in uh, in 2010, or no, 2011, 2012. Well, they've won it twice. Yeah, but uh, when they won when they won it then, um, nobody could score on them. Didn't matter what team it was. Nobody gets scored. It's always like a two-one game. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but whenever I have also noticed that whenever a goaltender gets hot, it's never one of the Canucks goaltenders. I mean, I mean, this is what I expected from Lack. I expected Lack to have this similar save percentage to Heller coming in. I mean, oh. and and Heller having Lack save percentage. I mean, just playing awful in front of in front of Flames. I mean, whenever the Canucks always face a hot goaltender in the playoffs, it's never the other way around where the Flames are facing a hot. Well, their opponent's facing a hot goaltender, and they, they just can't score, and the Canucks are winning because of that. You know what? I don't think, I don't think it was Lack's fault in games one, two, and three. I think, I think he fell apart yesterday. I'm not, sorry, on Tuesday. But, you know, it's a collective group, group effort, and it just hasn't been there. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and like, Lack... Lack did look a little frazzled in the last game and it was a good choice by Willie to take him out because he needed to get taken out. Yeah, and I think putting Miller in Miller if Miller gets hot, and like Don Cherry said last night, if Miller gets hot, you won't beat him. Yeah, listen, I said Flames in seven, 
I didn't expect to be down 3-1, though. I thought it would be 2-2 going into Game 5. Yeah, it, our, yeah. our only hope is that Miller plays like 2010 Olympics Miller. Yeah, and, and besides, going going into to that, I mean, the, the series could have been tied 2-2 if the Canucks had won Game 1. I mean, so I was tied, that's but... What, that's, that, that's over. That doesn't really matter anymore because they didn't win Game 2. I'm talking about Game... I'm talking... Yeah, but or, or game one, yeah. I'm they just, didn't win game one, so we can't really say what if they had it done this or what if they had it done that. They didn't do that. Yep. I said, and, and remember, remember, Alex, when when we were up one nothing going into uh, into the third in game one, I I uh, messaged you and I said we've lost this game, and you're like, why? They can't get a goal in the third period, and I said, oh, they might be able to. But Calgary's going to get one or two. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, but I also have to add this in. When the Canucks have been have been trailing, they managed to come back and win a bunch of times. I mean, besides the Flames, the Canucks were were among the league leaders in in comeback comeback victories. So what's happened to that? I mean, they had when the Flames had that three one lead, the Canucks had almost almost all the game to tie the game up. And possibly win it. They weren't. They weren't anywhere near the league leaders in comeback wins. They were all in the league leaders in uh, in in winning by one goal and uh, and things like that. They weren't league leaders in uh, in comeback wins. Like they showed the graph the other day on CBC. Vancouver wasn't even on it. No. Yeah, but what about the times they've come back? I mean, I mean, they've come back from two goal deficits before. I mean, Winnipeg scored two goals and they against the Canucks and they managed to c- come back and win it and 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 I can't remember a whole bunch of other times that they managed to do that they managed to do it against Colorado and a bunch of other teams as well when they managed to come back and win despite they were trailing by one or two goals you know every team has their fair share of comebacks it just feels like we have more because we watch all of their games yeah, well, and, and not only that, but when Winnipeg went up 2 nothing, and they went up 2 nothing five minutes into the game, there was still 55 minutes left. Yeah, this is like 3-1 deficits going into the third period or 10 yeah, minutes if, left. If, if the Canucks are down in the third period against the Flames, they won't win. Yeah, Flames nope. yeah, but, yeah but I was saying they scored, they had to, I'm just saying that when the Flames had that 3-1 lead, that still came in the first period. They still had... All, almost all the rest of the first period and all of the second period to tie the game. I mean, well, and, and the second period, they only had three shots, and you could tell that third goal that Lax let in that was a really bad goal. That because uh, when a goalie lets in a goal like that, it deflates your hockey team. It, it it just does, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And then in the third period, when when uh, uh, they came out. Um, they they were flying. Yeah, I'm just surprised. That's all. I mean, we saw the Canucks come back a lot, a bunch of times from trailing, and I thought they would be be able to do it again in this series if they were if they were trailing at any point. I mean, a team. Not enough sure they won't. Yeah, obviously not. I mean, I mean, but the Canucks have in the playoffs in the previous seasons have scored. Have have managed to you know come back in the in the third period before in the playoffs before. Remember too that the playoffs are a totally different thing. What you do in the regular season, 
doesn't mean doesn't mean anything when it comes to the uh, the playoffs. Yeah, and I just wanted to wish Hal Gill a happy retirement. Uh, he played yeah, over yeah. a th- thousand games, six foot seven defenseman. He's forty years old, and he played sixteen seasons in the league. You know, it always yeah, a well respected. Yeah, up the ribbon. Yep. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> always, you know, he was always a well respected defenseman. Glad yeah. he won a cup in two thousand nine with Pittsburgh. And yeah, you know, he was a well-traveled defenseman, but he was a really effective one. He was too. a serviceable guy. He wasn't. Uh, yeah. he, he was like he'd be a four-five on your. Yeah. I mean, well, three-four, three-four. I'd give him. Yeah. And also, he was always a guy you wanted to acquire at the deadline, though, for yeah. a playoff push. Well, because he was so big. Yeah. He was like. An he, he's perfect for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, and I like to sift this to the Nashville Chicago series. I mean. Crawford has just been horrible in the playoffs, and they go to back the back of Scott Darling, and he actually st- steals them some games. I know basically in the same and the Predators are actually in the same situation the Canucks are in. The yeah, it, and there's 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 uh, one reason for the the Predators being in that same situation, and that's Shea Weber. You lose the best oh. defenseman in the world. And as soon as I found out he was gone, I was like, they ain't winning this series. Series over. Do you think they'll they'll win tonight, though? Maybe. uh, It's a a pickup. I haven't heard if Shea Weber's playing yet or not. I won't make that determination until I know he's playing. It's too bad. You know, Renee stood on his head last game, but Seabrook still scored third overtime. It was a fun game to watch, but it sucks that they're down 3-1. I really thought Nashville was going to win this series, and it's not going to happen. Without Shea Weber... Uh, like if Shea Weber had it gone to Chicago, I bet they would have split, at least. Yeah, but I think I still think Shea Weber is the most complete defenseman out there. Yeah, but, he's the best defenseman in the world. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, but you know what? You know what I find funny? The the Predators lose the top defenseman, Shea Weber, and they go down, and they go down three to one. But when the Flames lose their top defenseman and Mark Giordano. Uh, the other ones are up three to one. It's kind of funny but if you think about totally, it. Totally, 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 totally different. They lost Mark Giordano halfway through the season, so they had half a season to adjust without Giordano. And remember, when he first got injured, they lost six in a row. When he first got injured, you know it's crazy. We talk about how the Sedins are thirty-four. Marriott Hosa is thirty-six years old and still one of the best two-way players in the game. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, Alex, with, with Giordano, it's a completely different situation. Shea Weber got hurt in game two, and now all of a sudden you've got to go to, into Chicago to play two games without him. You have no time to adjust, no, no time for your players to adjust without him. With Giordano, at least they had half a season to adjust. You're right. It's totally different. It's, yeah. But then again, if there's injury happened in the playoffs, do you think do you think the Canucks would have had a chance? If Giordano got injured in the playoffs, I I think the the Canucks would have won this series already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the Flames have had time to deal with the injury and rally around it. Yeah, and like we lost six straight after Giordano went down. Yeah, and. And now let's step to the Wild and the Blues series. I mean, that series is basically up and down. I mean, 
I mean, Wild win one game, then the Blues go up and, and tie it then in the next game. I mean, in the last game. I said, I said it with seven, and I'm sticking by that. You know what? I really thought Mini was going to go up 3 1 in the series last night, but Vladimir Tarasenko just absolutely going off. Oh, yeah, he's, he's uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has a. And I don't think Dubnik will win his first playoff round because first and win his first playoff series because I mean this is his first taste of playoff action then experienced it when he was at Edmonton and then experienced it when he went to to Arizona to play for the Coyotes so this is his first taste of playoff action and I don't think he's going to win it listen oh, I, once I, I, I think Minnesota is going to win this series yeah, and, and once Datsuk retires Tarasenko is the best Russian in the world yeah I, I would I would agree with that yeah, I agree with with you there. I mean, he's been absolutely unbelievable. Not, not ever having playoff experience, that goes completely against everything that's happening this year in the playoffs. Because look at all the rookie goalies that are going in there. Scott Darling, uh, Mirazik. Uh, like, there's, there's been, like, Jake many. Allen. Jake Allen. Jake Allen, yeah. He's not, well, he's not considered a rookie, but you know what I mean. No, he's not. Yeah, it's been yeah, a tough experience. It's only been thrown out. It's been different than anything I've seen in about 10 years. Like, you never used to see fights in the playoffs for the last last few years. Once in a while, somebody dropped the gloves, there'd be like a spirited fight. Never saw brawls like you have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the brawls that the Connected Flame ha- Flames has had at the first, I'd say, a f- for the first three games were unbelievable. I mean, yeah, and I still stand by that uh, that hand you should have been suspended. Like that was intent to injure. It just was. You could tell by looking at it. Well, I'll have to disagree with that. I mean, I mean, I know, I know, I know you know him, and I know you're friends with him. But nobody that knows hockey can't watch that play and say that and say that he wasn't trying to injure him. He didn't look at the puck. He yeah. he was staring at ben, uh, Bennett's head. Clear intent. And then hit him. Yeah. He hit him, and he he raised his shoulder as he hit him. And it was a direct target to the head. It was. It was. Yeah, but you also have to put Bennett's position into this as well. I mean, Bennett put himself in a vulnerable position as well. And 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 players are doing that now on purpose. But that that means that means that that if Hanu sees that he has to stop. Yeah, he has to lay up, and he didn't. Yeah, and what and what do you think it will mean for Balls missing the the remainder of the series for the team? I think that that's going to hurt. But if we have Richardson back, I think it's going to take a little bit of the sting out of it. It's going to hurt, but it's not going to kill them entirely. Speaking of what should have been a suspension, though, how about Dustin Bufflin suckering Corey Perry from behind? I could believe I saw that. That you know what that reminded me of, and I know it's a, a lot much different, and it was a different part of the ice and things like that. But the first thing that I thought of when I saw that was Dale Hunter cross-checking yep, Trudeau, Pierre, uh, Pierre Turgeon, sorry, yeah, into the into the end boards right after he scored the game winning the game series clinching goal. And, and that's what Bufflin is. He's a selfish player. He has an ego, and he, he's just Dale a Hunter got Dale Hunter got kicked out of the league. He never played another NHL game after it, that. It's just like, 
the NHL didn't even consider a suspension there. No. Because every and suspension is getting every by suspension. His head. Yeah. He yeah. grabbed him by his head, threw his head into the ground, it broke his helmet. It was so hard. Did you see when he went to the bench? He yeah. threw his helmet. I don't understand why every suspension is getting rescinded. It's going to get ugly in the later rounds. Well, and it already has been. Yeah. No, it's going to get even worse. Players know that they're not going to get suspended, so they're going to take liberties out there. Like Furlan. Furlan uh, is running on the ice. Literally, he's charging on every play. Yeah, I know, and they're not giving him penalties. They're giving us penalties. Like the other night, that little, that little push... That Benino, that Benino did to get a penalty? Like, what was that? The guy, uh, the guy punches him in the face, so he gives him a love tap back, and Benino goes to the box. Yeah. Yeah, it seems the response, since it was the response that got the penalty and not the initiator that got the penalty. Which I yeah, found... they should have thrown both of them in the box, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, both of them in the box for unsportsmanlike conduct. No, just roughing. Oh, roughing. Yeah, and and and, and once again, we've seen the West go to Flynn's way in in terms of power play time, and it's not the first time we've seen that. No, we we've seen it before. Uh, the the in 2011, it happened in every series. The Canucks were able to rally. Yep. But uh, I don't know. I I have this strange feeling that the Canucks are going to win tonight, and I think Game Six, Calgary oh, yeah. shot out of a cannon, and I think Miller is going to win that game by himself. You know what? I think we really yeah. I feel like we can't win a close game like two to one, or that's the Calgary's still going to have the momentum heading to Game Six. I think we have to win in a blowout like six or seven to two. Seriously. We have to take the life out of this Flames team. Yeah, the only thing is, is if we if we score too many goals, then they're gonna they're gonna put Ramo in next in, in that next game. And yes, he hasn't played in a while. I think that's but, a fine, but I don't know. It's not a huge deal though. It's not a big. It's deal. just it, 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 it's such a dip difference when you're skating down on a goalie and his glove hand is on the other side. Back to the block shot stat. The Flames have blocked 59 shots in their past two games at the Saddle Dome. Yeah, like, wow. Well, and you know why that is because when when like for instance when the Canucks are on the power play, the Flames just put five guys in front of the net. Even even uh, Huey has said it. They put a uh, they make a small little diamond in front of the net. So I anything just hate, that comes to the net is just gonna get is just gonna hit them. I just hate when Henrik's on the sideboards in the power play. Stop stick handling. Put the puck on the net. You did it last game and it went in. Yeah, that's. Yeah, the Flames are doing a good job of keeping their Sedins to the perimeter. I mean, I mean that's what they're happy well, with. I, would say that. I think the Sedins have still been dominant this entire series. Dominant. Like I haven't seen the Twins play like this in the playoffs. Well, that's because the only, the Flames only have one really tough defense, and that's England. So yeah. the Sedins aren't like scared out there like they were against the Kings and the Sharks in the past. No. No. I think this is the best they, they like even 2011 the Twins didn't play all that great no not at all they, 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 they got their points here and there how many, how many points did the Sedins get in, in the cup finals like 
maybe five altogether. Oh, nothing, well, nothing, nothing in game one. I know Daniel scored in game two. Yeah. In game three was the. They maybe got a garbage point. Oh. Hmm. Nothing in game five. Nothing in game seven. Obviously, like at at best, maybe five altogether, and that's pathetic. Yeah. Well, and that and that's that's what happens in the playoffs is your top guns get shut down, and that's why Willie has been rolling all the lines because he's going with what got them to the playoffs. Yeah, but you see your top lines get. Yeah, you see your top lines get shut down, but um, was the was the Bruins' top line shut down at all during the playoffs? I mean, I don't think Bergeron and and the and the other top players on the team were shut down at all. Yeah, you know, Bergeron wasn't even considered a top player back then. They had a lot of good players. They never had a really standout forward, though. They had Krejci and that, but in, in, in the games Krejci in Vancouver, and, yeah. the games in Vancouver, and there and there was four of them in Vancouver. Um, that the Bruins were terrible at trying to, at putting the puck in the net. Yeah, no, I agree. You said they were, you said they were terrible, but they did manage to score four goals on in I Game mean, Seven. But that's it. Look at the look at the other three home games. Yeah, only one. Guys, I'm looking at the stats right now. The Sedins got five points all together in the cup finals. Daniel got three of them. And and like a couple of them were in garbage time when they were getting blown out in Boston. Yeah. I think they lost what, seven one or seven two in, in game three? Game three, eight one I think. Yeah, we're or, eight, yeah. I think it was eight one. Yeah. I won. The you know what's crazy though? Yeah, we lost, I think we lost eight. Yeah, we lost eight one. We outshot Boston that game forty one to thirty eight, and in game four, we outshot them once again thirty eight to twenty nine. Yeah, I know. We we were Tim Thomas was the story in that in that series. Yep. And us well, and us being completely decimated by injuries. Yep. Plus we lost all the Yeah, in game seven we outshot them thirty seven to twenty one, but they had more definitive scoring chances. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess in the end, it doesn't matter how how much you outsuit your opponent if you don't get any good scoring. If you don't suit from good scoring areas, I mean, you can outsuit them. I don't know, forty-eight. I mean, forty to twenty-one. But if all your shots come from the outside and you go to them and see them, they're not going to go in. Yeah, pretty much the moral story. Every coach will tell you, and Mike Babcock is a genius at this to shoot from everywhere. You see the Detroit Red Wings. They, they shoot from impossible angles all the time. You just got to put the puck in the net, hope you get a bounce or a deflection. I Just keep pounding the puck on the net. Yeah. I mean... Hey, Babcock's a great coach. He, oh, he's, he's, he's great. But there's there's no way that Willie Desjardins is, is going anywhere. Like the other night when, when, Alex, when you were saying fire Willie, like that's not going to happen. So we might as well just not even talk about that. You notice in... Every single one of our podcasts, we've talked about Babcock at least five times around. Well, he, he's the best coach. He's the best coach uh, right now. Let's get him on the podcast, time. then. Let's get him on the podcast. Yeah, we should. Yeah, too bad we. I, too bad we don't know how to get a hold of him because I certainly don't. Because he because he would be a great because he'd be a great great guest, but. 
unless one of like you even even if Babcock was available in the summer, I still believe that the Canucks would not go after him and stay with Willie. Oh, if they went after, oh man, I I I don't I don't believe that. Remember, this is the, Willie Desjardins is one of Lyndon's friends. Comes yep. from the same uh, the same uh, junior team. Medicine Hat. Medicine yeah. Hat BS. Yeah. He, yeah, Lyndon won't fire a coach after oh. one season. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, I, I mean, but um, when I went, but I was so optimistic about about the Canucks going into this playoffs. I mean, new group, new management, well, same core, but some new players, and I thought the Canucks were going up against the team that they could really be. I never, I never thought they would be down 3-1 heading into Game 5. Remember, remember though, that only, uh, tw- uh, only uh, like 26 teams have come back from 3-1 deficits. Dwayne the Canucks have done it three times, the most in NHL history. And, and hey, if we lose, if we somehow lose tonight, because I think everyone's predicting that we at least win this game, tune into TSN 1040 tonight for the post-game show. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, that'll be, I, I might just put it on my phone just to listen, just to see what people say. <laughs> oh, my God. And, yeah, the post-game shows, I don't know why I'm pumping TSN 1040's tires, but here we go. Yeah, but... Their post-game show goes to 2 a.m. Yeah, but... Oh, it doesn't go to 2? It used to go to midnight. Now it goes to 2 a.m. Extended playoff uh, post game. Oh. It's great. And since like you're taking calls at 2 a.m., it's awesome. And since oh. the and since the Ducks have won those series, they're not going to face the winner of this series. Let's talk about it. Who do you think has the best shot of of beating the Ducks in the next round? The Canucks or the Flames? Oh well, man, the Canucks do just because of how they they played them all year. I think they matched up. Pretty no. good. We, we can play. We can play the Ducks. Uh, I I think the, the 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 thing with the Ducks is they don't have like they've had problems all year with teams with speed, and they had problems with Winnipeg. Yeah, they got lucky and they won and, and they swept, but they didn't deserve the sweep by any means. I don't Winnipeg, think Boudreaux's a good coach. No, that that too. Yeah. I, it, like they're, they're not they're not a fast team, and I think uh, that'll definitely help us. Yeah. How, how about the Sens Hab series though? It's a series that, for whatever reason, not many people have talked about. I guess because the Sens are down three one, but it could easily be the other way. The Sens could easily be up three one right now. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's, it's just like the Jet series. Do you think you know what? If the Jets somehow win this next game. The momentum shifts, and the Sens have a legit chance to upset in seven. Yeah, because if they if they win game five, they're winning game six, and it all comes down to that seventh and final game. And all the pressure will be on, on Montreal. See tonight, all the pressure is on uh, is on Calgary. Like yep. they don't want to go back. They don't want to go back to Calgary. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the Canucks t- are down three games to one. They got nothing to lose tonight. Random note: How about that that song the Flames play at home after they win a playoff game? That that just pisses me off. You hear that country song they play? Just oh, yeah, ridiculous! Yeah. Just ridiculous. Yeah, I certainly don't like it either. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's a bad song to listen to. 
Worse than Chelsea Dagger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think I, I think the more... I think the I think the Blackhawks are tired of Chelsea Dagger. The players the themselves. I know that uh, Pratt and Pro Jake uh, uh, Bro Jake are going to the game tonight, and oh, uh, they haven't and they uh, the Canucks had a loss when those two have gone to the game together. Well, they only went once though in game two. Yeah, I know it's a small sample size, but I'm trying to I'm trying to find silver linings anywhere where I can. <laughs> you know, what, I'm going to bring up TSN 1040 again, and I'm not sure why, but I'm going to do it anyways. You know, not many people like Bro Jake and Pratt. You know, I don't mind the show. I sort of like it. Well, and it's not only that. Everybody talks about how they don't like it, but you know that they have the highest ratings out of any of the other shows on Team 1040. Which is crazy, because you'd think that Sakaris and Price would have the best ratings. And they don't. Not, it's not even close, in fact. Pratt and Bro Jake. And I have a feeling a lot of it has to do with Bro Jake. Yeah, no, people just don't think he knows. People think, you know, he's, he's a music jock. He's a radio yeah. jock. But, you know what? He's gained a little more perspective on sports. I don't know. He's he's better now. Yeah. Yeah, but I, well, I don't listen to it. But to the radio, the only the only time I listen to TSN is is the post game so and to listen to all the the comments that the people have after the whether the Canucks win or lose a game. And some of the comments I find are shocking. I mean, some tell them. Some comments on the post playoff post game, so I've told to, told to blow the team up because because of the because they just can't win playoff games anymore. Well, the callers are just idiots themselves. But I, I, that's the only way, that's the only reason I tune into the post game show is to hear these idiots call in and tell the, that uh, we gotta blow it up. How, how do you blow it up though? It's more easier than said than done, you idiot. More more than half the team has a no trade clause. The Sedins will not agree to go anywhere. Period. They have already said it's here in Sweden. Like they may not they they, they may not re sign after this contract. Sedins? Yeah. Like they'll, they'll be thirty seven. They'll be thirty seven. So they'll either they're, they're either gonna retire or, or sign for one more year. Or uh, or they'll sign for a year or they'll go and play for Naslin. No way. I I don't think they'll do that. Yeah, but yeah, but if they do do if they do do that travel, who and they do go go and play for Nasland, oh at least a question: Who will be the next captain on the team then? Oh, Bo Horvat, without question. It's going to be uh, Bo Horvat if, if he'll get the uh, captaincy right away. But uh, well, who could who could be the interim captain per se in between the city uh, Henrik and Bo? What Willie might do with, with what a lot of uh, Bieksa? Do, Bieksa's uh, gonna be gone. I don't. Oh, where's how is he gonna go anywhere? I think he's he'll already be gone. said he won't. He won't. He won't accept. The, uh, he won't waive his no trade clause. So can't okay, trade him. So maybe Bieksa's the captain for a season I or think, two. I think it's. I think it's uh, Hamhuses that's gonna be the odd man out. Unfortunately, it's gonna be one of them. Yeah. And I think Ham Hughes will wave only because he hasn't been here his whole career. Yep. He doesn't have the same passion for the game as BX does, or that's at least how he comes across to me. Yeah, so he hasn't had a great series himself. Yeah, he certainly has. I mean, when he came here, I saw him when he 
came here. I was hoping he would be like a P.K. Subban and, or Eric Colson type, always putting up defensemen, putting up huge points and be in the running for the Norris. No, no, when we signed him, when we, when, we, when we signed him, he was a top 10 defenseman. It was just he was hiding in the shadows in a small market like Nashville behind Weber and Suter. I never, ever, ever, ever thought that he would ever uh, contend for the Norris just because of who is out there right now um, in the NHL for defensemen. I didn't think he would even, ever even be in the top three, ever. Yeah, and that's, and that's another thing that Canucks are lacking, a Norris-type defenseman. I mean, the, 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 the Hawks have two, and Keith and Seabrook. I mean, the Kings have won, have won and Drew Doughty. And, and Robin over here. Shifting over to the AHL for a second. Western Conference quarterfinals, game one. Utica wins 3-2 in overtime against the Chicago Wolves. Bobby Sanguinetti in overtime. Oh, our, our, our old farm team. Our new farm team beat our <laughs> old. Yep. Yeah. No, the, the Comets are really good this year. Yeah, but well, that, that doesn't mean anything though, because none of their, play, their, their their leading scorer, the Comets' leading scorer, is Cal O'Reilly. They just have good AHL players. It's not even prospects. Question for you guys: Do you think Lack's going to be here next season? Oh, it's either either Lack or Miller's out of here. I, I think Lack might be out of here. I I have a feeling that we may have seen Lack's uh, last twenty minutes in the, uh, in a Canuck uniform. There's only a couple teams that Miller could be traded to. Every team would be interested in Eddie Lack. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of his contract situation, even though he is... I think Miller would go to either uh, San Jose for sure. Miller, yeah, San Jose. Maybe maybe Anaheim. Maybe if Anaheim loses in the second round, Anaheim can make a desperation move for Miller. If they play Calgary, they ain't lose in the second round. And Furland will get hurt. Because Anaheim is much bigger, and oh, man. everybody will hit Berlin. Yeah, but I personally, I think Lack stays. I mean, I mean, the crowd gets behind Lack when he plays well. It I doesn't mean, matter though, because he. I just don't think it matters. The crowd got behind Luongo, but he wasn't as good in his later days in Vancouver. I don't think it matters if you're a fan favorite at all. It, it matters if you're producing. The crowd was behind Corey Schneider. They played him in the playoffs against uh, the Blackhawks. He lost that series, and and after that, everybody was against uh, what well, was against Snyder. The, the the fans in this city are always for the backup. Yeah, they hate the, the starter. They like the backup. Yeah, and the, the crowd was chanting Eddie in a past regular season game when he almost blew the game and led in like four to five goals. Yeah, I know. So the crowd chants mean nothing. The theme song means nothing. I think Lack and Miller are our average goalies right now, to be honest. And, Sean, once again, you actually think Ryan Miller is going to the Hall of Fame? I, I think he'll get inducted. I do. Based I on do. what? Wins? Be, well, first of all, remember that a lot of these decision makers, too, are from the state. He was probably one of the best goaltenders ever that the Americans ever had. Uh, I don't know about that. No, well, like he was, he was named, he was named uh, player of the tournament, and he lost. And he was named player of the tournament. 
and if you look up his numbers, like if Lundqvist makes um, makes uh, um, the Hall of Fame, then Miller has to. Because their numbers are almost identical across the board. Save percentage, goals a game, wins, almost identical. Now Miller was hurt for 21 games, so it might have changed a little bit now. Yeah, I just... Yeah, Mike Richter's better, though. Frank Brimsmick, maybe. Frank Brimsick, maybe. Tom Barrasso. I mean, Miller's a good goalie. I just don't know if he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. And he's a Vesna winner. Yeah. And, Which Luongo isn't. And you know the way of Hillestown on his head right now? It kind of makes me wish that the Canucks went after him instead of Melo right now. Because you wanted what? Peter Morazic? No, I'm saying I'm no, I, I'm saying that with the way Hill is down his head in the series right now, it makes me wish the Canucks went after him instead of Miller. Oh no, Hiller is so injury prone. Calgary yeah. took a chance on him and they got really lucky. No, I would have never wanted to go. They did get lucky, and you do realize that Hiller only played half the season. They he were played like, he only played like fifty-two games. Yeah, they were, they alternated goalies all year. Yeah, you're right, but uh, I guess the reason I'm saying I'm one of them is because if Canucks had made the playoffs, he could have started, stood up his head like he's doing now. Well, if, if the Canucks had started Miller in this series, who knows what would have happened? Like, Miller's not 100% for this game. It would have been 2-2 two, two if Miller started. Well, I don't know, because Miller, I don't know if Miller would, be, would have been ready for game one. Well, he did play the last game of the season, and he did win. Yeah, you let him five goals, but we scored six. Come on, he was he was awful in, in that last game. I know. I don't care if he won. I look at I look at the wins, and and that's the thing that I've been preaching all year to Omar is that the Canucks play better in front of Miller. They score more goals in front of Miller. Miller let in five goals and did not look good, and you could tell he was injured because he could hardly get up after some of the wins, wins mean nothing, dude. Win, like Wins in pitching. If you win a game as a pitcher, that means nothing. It's an overrated stat. What matters is ERA and whip. That's like What matters for goaltenders is save percentage and goals against, not wins. But in the playoffs, in the playoffs, wins are the only thing that matters. You can, you can, uh, like, 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 for instance, for instance, uh, that Dallas Vancouver series that happened uh, back in 08 or 09? 07. Uh, Marty Turco had three shutouts in that series and lost the series. Three shutouts he had and lost the series. So, yeah, his numbers were good, but he wasn't good enough to win. Miller gets the wins. The Canucks play better in front of him. The Canucks will score more goals in front of him. We'll, we'll yeah, see tonight. We'll see tonight. Yeah, we will. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you could, and I guess you could say that about about that about that about any team. I mean, it's some players score more goals in front of in in front of Carver because they play him more, and because but if they but if they and you could say that 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 uh, Fred score more goals for Rene because he plays more. You could say that uh, uh, that Kim score more goals for Quick because he plays more. So 
You could say that well, about... The Kings don't score a goal, um, period. It doesn't matter who's in there. Um, but that, I know that, but I'm just saying a point that that teams score more that 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 team score more goals in front of in front of the goal in front of the goaltender is kind of an overrated stat because it because it all depends who plays more in the end. I mean, if you're gonna play if you play yeah. more games, then obviously you're gonna see more goals score for you. Well, than that's why you take you. the average. You look at you you take how many games Lack played, how many goals the team scored for him. Then you take how many uh, games Miller played, how many goals were scored for him. And then you average it out over the course of the season, and that's where you get your number from. Sean, before we get to predicting tonight's games, what is your relationship with Omar Kanak on Twitter? Not nothing. I, I've been giving them a hard time for a while because, and it all started because like lay he, off him, man, lay off him. He was he was he was uh, really really upset when the Canucks signed Miller, so. He was on Team Lack from the beginning, and I wanted to see Miller. Like, Miller was getting the wins. Lack was 0-6 before he got his first win this year. That, that's the thing. I hate this whole Team Miller, Team Lack thing. I'm in the middle. I don't really prefer either one. You know what? If anything, I prefer Joe Canada. <laughs> well, and that's, that, that's why I have a feeling Lack is going to be gone. Like, the Canucks have six goalies in their system right now. and uh, Patrick goes the future. And Matt, and Matt O'Connor is coming, oh, it might be tonight that he's in Vancouver. It's either tonight or this weekend that he's getting. So that'll be seven goalies at the Canucks oh, yeah. you get. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think this Canucks will sign O'Connor? Well, I'm sure they're going to try. Now, there's four other teams in the hunt. Yeah. The Rangers. Uh, if I'm a goalie, I wouldn't sign in Vancouver, I can tell you that much, based on track record. Yeah, but if the Canucks are going to have seven goaltenders, out of those seven, how many, um, what's, how, how many of them do you think will, you know, work out? Probably only one well, or two. I think Demko, apparently O'Connor is supposed to be, like, superstar of superstars. Demko, how, O'Connor, Demko. maybe, because Erickson's not going to pan out, probably. Markstrom, we've seen him in the NHL. He's an AHL goalie for life now. But Rolly Melanson has told management that he thinks that uh, that Markstrom is a is a better goaltender than Lack because his size is is great for a goaltender. He's like Ben Bishop, and that's what and that's what Benning likes. Like Benning likes size. He like like he was came from the Boston area, like from the Boston team. He likes size. Why do you think he signed this defenseman that I don't think anybody was even going to take in the draft? Six foot nine. Nikita Triamkin, the next Zdeno Chara. Yeah, why do you think I, he's I so good? Guy, dude. I love him. Apparently, he's terrible right now and he can't skate. But it took it took Zdeno Chara in the NHL three or four years before he was any good. Yep, late round pick. Yep. Like he, like, like that. That's just what kind of players uh, uh, Benning wants. He wants big guys. Like an Andre Pradhan too. What's that? Padan? Yeah, Padan is... Uh, Jordan Subban is lighting it up right now. But I don't know if that's going to translate to the NHL based on his size. It might not, but... The guy's 5'9". The guy's yeah. And you, you never know. Like It, it still might work. Theron Flurry was 5'6". Well, well, I think best, best case scenario, Subban... 
will turn out as like a Tory Krug type defenseman who can light it up at some points. Which would be fine with me. I, I've been wanting Tory Krug all season. And we almost got him for Cassian. Well, almost, apparently yeah. in, in rumors, yeah. And it looks like Cassian's out for the rest of the season. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Cassian ever play in a Canuck jersey again. Really? I, I, I don't think we've given up on him just yet. Well, he's gone through three coaches, and, and they've uh, pretty much given up on him. One thing I, we have... I, I honestly don't think that he's injured like, like the, the Canuck just saying he is. Like, where did the injury happen? That's a good point. Like, nobody for, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it all started before that Philly game. Oh, you know, Cassie's not going to play tonight. You know, maybe some back tightness, precautionary reasons. It must have been some kind of off-ice incident. Yeah, or or nothing at all. Well, I don't, well, well then if it was nothing at all, they would have just said we're going to keep him as a healthy scratch. But then again, I guess you don't want the outroar from all the Canucks fans. Well, and not only that, you don't want. Well, yeah, I guess that would be the only reason. Because fans love well, fans Cass- love Cassian. I love Cassian. But the only thing is, is he's terrible defensively. Oh, he's awful. And he's awful, and that but, but, is. That's the reason why Bay comes in before Cassian. But, you know what? Cassian does sell tickets. Like, when I go to a Canucks game, I'm like, you know what? I want to see Cassian tonight. Because he's fun to watch. When he's on. So every 15 to 20 games. <laughs> yeah, but I, even when he sucks, it's so fun. Because he, he, he just looks like an idiot out there. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of which, if, if and when the Canucks are eliminated, which teams are going to be cheering for or rooting for specifically are we just going to be cheering out the West of Playoff once the Canucks are eliminated if and when the Canucks are eliminated when, when the Canucks are eliminated I'll be cheering for Minnesota in the Western Conference and well I guess Ottawa's going to be done so I'll be cheering for Washington barring they get past uh, the Islanders I think in the West oh that's tough really tough I don't know who I'd cheer for in the West to be honest, probably nobody. In the East, no, they're out. No. In, in the East, Nashville ain't coming back. Nope. In the East, I think I, I, I still love AV. I think I'd be cheering for the Rangers. Yep. No, like, all these people can hate the Rangers because of 94. You know what? Rangers are a likable team. I, I, I like They were likable back then. Look at the uh, leader the leader they had on that team. Brian Leach, Adam Brian, Graves. Everyone liked Brian Leach and Mike Richter. But yeah. we fucking hate Messier. Yeah. Kiprios. Oh, uh, Kovalev, when Kovalev was just coming out as a rookie. Oh, yeah, no, God. they had they had they, they they had a lot of the ex Edmonton Oilers on that team. Oh yeah. So I think we should predict tonight's games though. So right. Tampa at Detroit, Detroit's up two one in the series. Is it in Detroit? Oh, yeah, it is in Detroit. It's in Detroit, game four. Hmm. I'm predicting that Primo Azak continues to play well, and we'll see a 4-2 victory by Detroit. I, I say Tampa. I say Big Brian Boyle wins it in overtime for Tampa. 2-1. to one. I, I think Tampa's going to end up taking this game. I can't see them going home. Three games to one. I predicted this to go seven. I think it will. If Detroit wins tonight, it won't go seven. Capitals host the Islanders game five at the Verizon Center. I, I say 
you know, Nick Backstrom has been unreal so far. I think the Capitals win 5-2. Yeah, I have to agree with you there, Trevor. And I think two or three of those two or three of the goals come from A.O. Alexander Ovechkin. I, I, I have a, a, a feeling that uh, the Islanders are going to end up winning tonight. Chicago in Smashville. Have a good read on the series at all. That, that's tough to predict unless I know Shea Weber's playing. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I could see it going either way. I'll say, I'll say three two, Smashville. Just if, like if Smashville. Shea Weber, if Shea Weber's in the lineup and is healthy and and can play, I'm going to pick Nashville to win at home. I don't think they're going to win the series now that they're down three one. But I think that they will win tonight if Weber's healthy. If Weber's not healthy, I think Chicago's win as ending the series tonight. Well, I'm going to go with Chicago winning a close one, two to one. And the reason I'm saying that is that that Blackhawk teams are are key. Are, are, I wouldn't say clutch in 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 elimination games where teams like games where they can just clinch the series and move on. I mean, they've only lost three times in the in the in the games where they can clinch the series. Ah, okay. Last game, obviously the most important one to us: Canucks Flames. You know what? The Canucks. It, it all depends on the first five minutes here. It must be a tone setter for the Vancouver Canucks at home. The crowd needs to be raucous tonight. It's not the crowd match. needs to be on their feet all game. It needs not to be sitting down, sitting on their fucking hands. Like, come on, wake up! I'll take the, the Canucks six three blowout, but I don't feel good about it at all. I was gonna call, I was gonna say five two, but uh, the 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 crowd needs to be loud like it is in Winnipeg. Like, if you look around at the, I bet you we're besides the Sun Belt teams, we're probably the quietest stadium in the league. I agree. It's it it, it is disgusting. How 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 quietly like you? I I've gone to lots of games and you during plays you can hear a pin drop in there sometimes. There's just oh, no atmosphere. Not at all. Not at all. No, and that's the reason for that is because they're not passionate hockey fans like like the Flames and the Jets are. And oh, we're passionate hockey fans. We're the fan base is fickle. The ticket prices are too high. And we just, I don't, I don't know. know. But it, uh, a lot of the people that are going to the games... Well, actually, yeah, you're right. The ticket are, prices aren't are, too aren't high. Aren't the passionate hockey fans. No, yeah, you're right. They're, they're rich business guys. Just, oh, let's have a beer and watch the game, but not really. Let's go on our phones the whole time and texty, texty. Like in Calgary, you see, you see a red. In Winnipeg, you see a whiteout. Why yeah, can't I, everybody wear... Uh, why can't we have a sea of blue? No, I, I take that back. Uh, ticket prices aren't too expensive. The Flames prices are even more expensive, and, and their fans show up. Our city is two times bigger. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree, agree with you there, Trevor. I mean, I mean, the playoff tickets, I, I wouldn't say are too expensive. I mean, to see a, a Jets game in the playoffs, I think it costs around $700 just to see them play. Well, but if you're passionate, you could suck it up and buy a ticket. Here... It's just a bunch of rich business guys who don't even have a passion for the game, but they're going to sit well, in row one and just be on their phones answering emails all day. Or they, or or a lot of those businesses too. They uh, buy tickets and they use it as a write-off, write-off uh, for their business, and they give them to clients who don't. 
fucking care who, about hockey it is or who go don't there, go. Take, a, take a, a fucking picture for their Instagram. Or, or they don't go. Yeah. yeah. Don't go and they're too stupid to even sell it because they're too rich. Yeah. It's gotta be. It's gotta be rocking, rocking, rocking loud. Yeah. Plus, which it won't. Which it won't. If you look on StubHub right now, there's tons of tickets left. It's ridiculous. It. The game's gonna be sold out per se, but take a look at the crowd. It's gonna be. Oh man. Yeah. And plus another thing I noticed that that there was no popular. Hang out for Canucks fans who 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 can't afford to go to the game who just who just want to go to a bar and watch all the game together. I mean, for the for the for the Jets game, I realized there was a Sarge Club that all the fans Jets fans went to who couldn't afford to get couldn't afford to go to the game, just went out to the game and hung out and watched and watched the game from there. We don't have anything like that here in Vancouver. We don't have we, Vancouver doesn't have a good enough night 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 uh, nightlife for that tongue twister. We we don't have any good bars or anything to watch the games. They have the Sharks Club across the street from GM Place, but I heard either it's, it's dead shutting now. down. It's, yeah, they're shutting down. Yeah, I heard they're either shutting down or they already have shut down. Like, what's the best place to watch a game down uh, downtown? Moxie's? Like, come on. <laughs> That's right. Eat before the game. <laughs> it's a nice restaurant, but, like, come on. There's We don't have enough restaurants, bars, pubs, whatever you want to call it. We don't have a good nightlife. That, that's another story. I think one last topic we need to touch on, though, is that draft lottery. Yeah. Holy fuck. Okay, going into it, you know what? I actually sort of thought the draft lottery was rigged based on, you know, last year, yeah, Florida yeah. get. I, 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 I always thought the worst market was going to get it. The worst American market was going to get it. That's why I thought Arizona was going to get it this year. Well, you know, you know when they first started doing that draft lottery? And they used to, um, the balls, like, the, uh, in the machine, they used to do that live on TV. They no longer yeah. do. Yeah, they, they did the live thing for the Crosby one. Yeah. But they no longer, they no longer do that. And so that's why it's did, like, did, we did question Bob, that. Did you hear Bob McKenzie on TSN? He goes, uh, he goes, this is going to have the conspiracy theorists out. But, uh, it, it just so happens that, uh, the... Edmonton Oilers were trying to purchase the uh, Erie Otters. And what the fuck? They had it all done. They, it was a done deal, and then Erie backed out at the last moment. So uh, so Edmonton was in the middle of a lawsuit with Erie. Then, all, all of a sudden, they get Connor McDavid, and the lawsuits drop. I think that Erie, uh, Edmonton, and the NHL, like Gary Bettman, um, made made up a plan where you guys drop the lawsuit, we'll give you guys Connor McDavid. You know, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't even question it. My jaw dropped when I saw that Edmonton had the first overall pick. McDavid was fucking pissed because you know he oh, wants to it play. It like somebody saw his dog. He wants, yeah, no, he wants to play closer to home. Like he wants to play in either Buffalo or Toronto. Yeah, he and wanted. He, he was wanted, not expecting Edmonton at all. Well. Because now he has to follow in the footsteps of the great Wayne Gretzky. No one wants that. Yeah. And who's going to play with him? Well, I think they're going to trade Hall and a package for Shea Weber. I don't. I don't think. Uh, uh, according to um, uh, McTavish, uh, no one's. 
yeah. any of their players. He wants well, to keep them all now. He's an idiot. McTavish says, oh, our offense is loaded. It's been, per se, loaded for the past five years. Where has that gotten you? Yeah, I know. They need a defenseman and they need a goalie. That's yeah. why I wouldn't be surprised if Lack ends up in Edmonton. No, wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, but, but you know, I'm happy that Edmonton got got that first of all pick because I'm because I thought well that's want, horrible that's no, horrible that's, 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 that's fucking horrible yeah maybe we can see him more live or on TV that's fucking horrible for us but then again at the same time I don't know you know Shirelli's meeting with the Oilers they still got a lot of work to yeah, do yeah Shirelli's not meeting with the Oilers for the GM job though President? He's meeting with the Oilers. Uh, if, if from what I heard, he was meeting with the Oilers for some something else in from in their management system. Well, I I don't know. I, I could see McTavish hiring a GM and then going well, back McDavid, to the bench. McDavid going going to uh, the Oilers. Like he might as well just retire now. Yeah. Like, I, I just, he's, he's just going to be ruined in Edmonton. Like, <laughs> no, I I totally agree, and I think. I think they gotta trade a guy like Hall or Nugent Hopkins. Oh what? No, I, I think if they have to trade anybody, it has to be Hall. They can't trade a center. A center a center of that caliber are hard to get. I think Hall can be in a package for Shea Weber. I think if you throw in Hall, a dry settle or Yakupov and another pick. Well they just signed Yakupov. Something centering yeah. around that. Huge. Well dry settle then. Dry settle. Yeah, but I, I just, imagine Shea Weber and Darnell Nurse together. I just don't don't see uh, Nashville's going to want more than I think that, and I just don't see them going. Uh, I just don't see McTavish making those deals. I don't see it. He needs to though. Yeah. Apparently, Bob Nicholson, uh, when he found out he got the first overall pick, fainted. But. <laughs> Can I, at least, can I at least finish my point of, of why I'm happy for Edmonton, please? Yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. And the reason I'm happy for him is because I'm tired of seeing him as a laughing stock. I mean, one of Canada's teams, one that had the great Gretzky, that played Gretzky on them, that Gretzky played for it and led the team to four Stanley Cups, is a laughing stock of the NHL. And for one, I'm sick of it. I mean, I haven't made the playoffs since 2006. And I think, I think, I think the fans are going to sort of been pissed and have heavy and heavy way to do so. I mean, have been horrible ever since. And I think the fans deserve some playoff action or at least some team that can compete for the playoffs because they've been horrible. And I'm tired of seeing one of Canada's best teams back in the early days being being been seen as, as a laughingstock at the, of the NHL. You've said that um, about a few teams now, and I actually enjoy Edmonton. Same, same, same. You know yeah. what? Oh, they're trending upward. They're trending in the right direction. Well, we've said that for the past five seasons. Yes, they're getting a new arena soon. Rexall is a piece of shit arena, but you know what? They're not going to make the playoffs next year unless they trade some assets for defensemen. No, they're it, not it, a well-rounded it, team at all. Wait a minute. They're not going to make the playoffs next year, even yeah. with Connor McDavid, yeah. unless 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 they uh, get defensemen. But they've got so much money wrapped up in their superstar forwards that they can't afford. They have to go cheap with defensemen and and, and goalies because yeah. they can't afford anything else. Well, you know who's going to return to Edmonton? Bold prediction: Eric Belanger. 
Yeah, well, maybe. And you well, never know. Connor McDavid might attract um, some some decent players to go doubt there, it. but highly doubt it. At, at the same time, nobody likes living in Edmonton because it's all it, it, in the winter time. The hockey it's is freezing. No. Yeah. Yeah, but and Trevor, you said the the Edmonton should trade for Shea Weber. Well, I think they should go a different route and target when it, when a St. Louis Blues defenseman like a like a Kevin Shattenkirk. And, and why would the Blues trade? Why would the Blues trade Kevin Shattenkirk? Oh, why would that wouldn't happen? Nashville, Nashville needs offense. St. Louis doesn't. St. Louis doesn't need Taylor Hall. Nashville, Nashville also said when they matched that offer sheet to Shea Weber, they said uh, David Boyle said in in a press conference that he can't afford to pay for the contract, but he wasn't going to let the, uh, he wasn't going to let the Flyers get him. He can't afford Shea Weber's contract. But he had to match it anyway. Yeah, and do you think the Edmonton Oilers will be willing to take on that long contract? Yeah, they will. Well, Weber's, Weber's only 29. But then again... Weber could be a but, superstar for like another seven, eight years. Yeah, no, he, he, yeah. Like, I, I think the Oilers should seriously make a run at Weber. Then we can t- start talking about playoffs. What about what, what about talking the the young gun that they, that Nashville drafted a few years back, Seth Jones? Well, that could be another option. I mean, he he's right around the Oilers' core age, so I think he'd be a good good a good player to target. I mean, they, I think he's he, he's younger though. There's no way Nashville traded Seth Jones. Not a maybe maybe Yossi maybe because Yossi was. Weber is right hand is Yossi is Weber's right hand man and that's what Suter was uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, but Suter Suter walked though. He didn't get traded. He walked. True. Well, I don't think Nashville would have ever traded Suter. No. And he left with freezing. I don't think they were willing to offer that much money though. No. No, probably not. What, what, what were the contracts? 101 million, like altogether or something? It, it was a lot. Hmm. And I think this is going to wrap up the fifth episode of Canucks Cast. So, any closing comments, Trevor, Scene, and Sean? Oh, man. Okay. You know what? I, I just, I don't, you know what? We all expect the Canucks to win tonight, but uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And my prediction, once again, 6 3 Canucks and a blowout, but. Uh, I'm I'm no, I don't know. nervous, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lose either. Yeah, it's just one of those things where we're, we're, I'm sort of thinking about Game Six right now. If we can win that, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's and just I don't, and I don't think the Canucks will lose uh, a, a third straight on the road either. My closing remark is, as Kevin Garnett once said, "Anything is possible." See you guys. See ya. See ya. Go Canucks. Go. Go Canucks. Guys. And. Thanks for joining us, and you can find us on iTunes and on our website at www.canucksblogcast.wordpress.com. You can find me on Twitter. I'm SimonAlexander300. I'm joined by Trevor Naps, who is at TrevorNaps16. I'm joined by Son, who you can find him at Spence Canucks. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.